Welcome. You're listening to the Peace and Passion Podcast, the place for conscious couples and individuals who want to explore aspects of their relationships as a self-growth evolution. I'm your host, Iman Iskander, and I'm a couples therapist and counseling coach on a mission to shore up your relational life with useful information and tips, as well as inspiration and ideas from the great minds of our guests. So you can skillfully and confidently and mindfully navigate the relationship with yourself and with others and with all of life and its challenges. On with the show. Welcome back to the Peace and Passion podcast. In this episode, I'm going to share with you some tips about what you can do when you get the silent treatment. Have you ever been in that situation? You've done something and you can tell that you're in the bad books. You've done something because you can see the look on your partner's face and it says they are upset and it's with you. They're unhappy. They're annoyed. Oh, was that frustration that you're picking up? Or maybe they're just hurting about something. Was it something you said or did? Was it today? This morning, maybe? Or was it yesterday? You just don't know. And you're quite baffled. And that silent treatment that you're getting from your partner means something. And you want to find out what on earth is up. This is such a common scenario. In many, many houses, people are giving each other the silent treatment because when you're hurt, when something's happened between you, you need time to recover for sure. But the best way to heal the hurt and rebuild the bond between you is to have a conversation about it and processing. That's what processing means. It means having a conversation. It means getting all the emotions out, getting it all out, and then finding a healing way forward where the two of you can agree on how to prevent this sort of thing from occurring again. So here you are, something has happened and you're noticing that you're getting the silent treatment. Your partner is upset. So you do what is most natural for all of us. You ask a question. It's a simple question, right? What's wrong? What is going on? But you get nothing back. You get nothing. You get the stony silence. What do you do? Well, then you can't resolve anything. You do need to resolve the issue. And the silent treatment is not a winning formula for creating good quality conversations that heal. You need to heal the hurt and keep your love alive. You can't resolve anything when you don't know what the problem is. The silent treatment just damages love and connection. What's more, you might even end up feeling rejected or ignored or even abandoned, especially in those moments when your partner shuts you out with their silence. And that can be so hurtful for you too. So then we've got two people who are hurting. But let's assume that you actually want to engage. You want the bond and the loving connection between you to blossom instead of having it dwindle with the silent treatment. 
you want the distance between you to be closer and have more connection and you want the love to grow. So even if your partner makes accusations and blames you, like don't pretend you don't know what's going on, I want you to know that it's still worthwhile trying to have the conversation and draw them out with gentleness and calmness so that you can resolve what's between you. Well, yeah, look, it's not a good response that you're getting from your partner, and I know that, and it can be hurtful, and it certainly doesn't shed any light on what the problem is, and you truly have no idea why they're upset with you. You go around and around and around and replay it all in your mind, the events that occurred one after the other. What happened this morning? Was it when I said this or that? Because they said this or that. Were they expecting this or that? Yeah, your mind tells you it's because I didn't do this or say that or remember this or that. And you still have no idea despite all the analysis. So the only way really is for you to get the information and then you can make a decision about whether it's justified, not justified and what to do after it, what the next step is, how you talk about it, how you heal. You might even get caught up in this whole analysis paralysis, which isn't serving you as well because it is draining, my friend, emotionally, physically exhausting, and it's not going to give you any clarity. You need to get it out of them. You need to have a conversation with them. Now, if they're giving you the silent treatment, they're not engaging, they're assuming that you should know the temptation is going to be for you to just kind of not bother, like just give up. It's really hard work. But I don't want you to do nothing because the relationship is worth it. The days will just roll on and the silence between you will just thicken and it will become harder and harder to talk about the problem. You might even lose some of the clarity that you've got right now. And then you'll make up stories in your mind about what happened and you'll find yourself arguing about the facts, which really isn't useful. When two people are not talking, it can be hell. So couples who see me for couples therapy tell me that they can spend days not talking. And sometimes they're seeking couples counselling to improve communication because they've perfected the art of ignoring each other after a blunder that is and so some couples say that they actually and purposefully avoid each other remember harry and sally they did just that if you're wondering who harry and sally are they're my fictitious made-up couple who are typical of many of the people that are having conflict in their households. Harry and Sally were my clients. He was telling me that when he walks into the room, she walks out. When she says she's going to bed, he decides to stay up and watch TV. They had perfected the art of avoiding each other so they don't have to face the problems. They don't have to have the conversations because simply put, they didn't know how to have the healing conversation, the safe conversation that kept them bonded and strong. Some people fall into the habit of just talking about tasks, the things that need to be done, like childcare or paying the bills. And they don't spend time really unpacking the differences between them and resolving issues so that they can just be a thing of the past. Then you can let them go and then they don't have to keep reoccurring. And this was typical of Harry and Sally. That's what happened to them. 
So, resolving the conflict is a really important skill for the health of every relationship. I want you to know right now that resolving the conflict is a really important skill. You see, when you don't resolve the issues between you, your love deteriorates, it evaporates, it's not a winning formula. And I do know that you know that. So what I'm going to do here is give you a process for engaging with your partner, the person who's saying, oh, nothing's wrong, and then they won't engage in a conversation. But you know everything is wrong. So it's stuff that I've kind of picked up from my couples therapy practice. It's not hardcore science this time. What it is is just examples of what people are doing and what has worked and what hasn't worked. So you can pick and choose what's going to suit your scenario. But before we go into this, I want you to check your intent because what commonly happens is people try and pretend that they want to talk about it and they're righteous and they're doing the right thing. But do you really want to talk about it? Because there's an attitude that's required for a healing conversation and that attitude is actually wanting to engage and resolve the issues. So I'm going to assume that your goal is to get them to talk with you and that you actually want to talk about the situation and find out what's going on. There's no point tricking yourself by making the sounds of trying to engage but not really wanting to. If you don't want to talk, fess up. You know you don't want to talk and that's okay. That's your choice. Nothing's going to get resolved though. And you might actually be perpetuating the silent treatment through, through the way you're presenting if you are pretending that you want to talk but not really wanting to talk. It's not very inviting because people pick it up. We can read each other. If you're secretly happy with not talking, then none of this is going to be relevant for you. So you can just stop right here. <laughs> so healing the herd only occurs when the two of you want to talk and you can start talking. Now I get it. I'm telling you about the scenario where one person's shut down, not wanting to talk, and the other person, I'm going to assume you want to talk. So you want to learn how to have a safe conversation without triggering each other and you want to be able to resolve differences and relate with love and care rather than ripping your love apart. It is possible, you know, to have those conversations. But the first thing we've got to do is just start engaging to talk. So I'm going to give you some tips for kind of how to just kind of take that very first step of getting them talking and making it more inviting. So how do you engage with somebody who doesn't want to talk or give you the nothing is wrong response? <laughs> okay, we've said check your intent, and that's really important that you've got to want to talk too. Now I want you to check your assumptions about their intent. Do you believe they're secretly trying to hurt you? Well, if you secretly you believe that your partner is doing this purposefully to try and hurt you and get back at you, then probably not a good idea to talk because you're not going to be in a loving moment. You're not going to adopt a loving stance in order to encourage healing if you have that view of them. You need to first understand the intent of the person and have a positive intent. They're not trying to hurt you and they're not trying to do more damage. We assume that your partner is not an evil person and they don't wake up in the morning thinking, how am I going to ruin my partner's life today? How can I hurt them even more? We're going to assume that we've got two good people with positive intent here. They are a good person. Hey, after all, you chose them, didn't you? 
you wouldn't choose an evil person, so assume the positive intent, the good intent, and that there's something about the conversational style or the dynamic between you that isn't working rather than their intention. So now I'm going to move on to are they actually overwhelmed? Is that what's happening here? Could they have an overwhelmed or anxious style? Could that be it? They may feel that they need to get it right and get along all the time, like they have that perfectionist streak and that if they talk to you, they might just stuff it up. If they talk and open their mouth, they could get it wrong and that's going to be even more painful because all of those experiences you've had in the past between the two of you about the fights that you've had, they haven't been so pleasant and they've heard. So why would they go toward that? That thought overwhelms them. The idea that the conversation could get into a difficult place, that could derail, there could be more hurt and pain as a result. That keeps the quiet person, the passive person shut down because they're really overwhelmed about the whole thing. When they find that they can't get it right and they can't get along with you all the time, their way of coping with the overwhelm is to withdraw. So it's a coping strategy. It's to protect themselves, not to hurt you. And the idea of, over, um, of overwhelm or the experience of overwhelm has come from the two of you fighting before. So you have contributed to the fights. So it is justified. Experiences in the past where they've learned that the conversations go downhill, they go downhill fast. Conversations in the past that have derailed into toxic energy and conflict, and they just end up in a fight. So, naturally, the partner, your partner, might feel threatened and then protects themselves by withdrawing. And that's what we call an avoidant style. But we don't want both of you to be doing that because we know relationships are only made stronger when you're talking. Your goal is to create conversations, safe conversations, so you can talk. But how do you get them to have that openness? How do you get them to open up and just engage with you so you can have that conversation? You see, the withdrawal avoidance style means that the person's definitely going to keep their mouth shut and withdraw. And they're going to become really passive in the conversation because what they want is to get it right and get along. And they don't know how to do that. So they're feeling bad about themselves already because they don't know how to have the conversation with you in order to be able to solve the problems. And in their mind, they're thinking it's better to be safe and keep quiet by withdrawing and not talking. So they're actually perfectionists at heart because when that perfectionism is thwarted, they get frustrated, they get annoyed. It's not a very pleasant feeling inside of them. And so the withdrawal is really their way of being convinced that nothing's going to change the situation no matter what they say or do. So that's how they cope. All right, so what you need to do then is firstly slow down. Yes, my friends, slow down. We're going to assume that your attitude is wanting to resolve the issue through good communication, and then the next step is slow down. Slowing down means that you're willing to find the time to relate to your partner in a gentle way. You've got to plan enough time to actually deal with this situation, successfully with this situation, and it could take a bit of time. So there's no point trying to have this style of conversation when you're just walking out the door. If you're trying to recover from a fight and you're feeling tense and you've even got time constraints on top, like you're walking out the door in 20 minutes, you just mind it all, you'll find that it all goes downhill. It's really not the right time. So when the communication is rushed, things get tense very quickly. 
So if you're too tense to draw your partner out, the more tense you get, the angrier you get, and the deeper your partner's overwhelm and withdrawal gets, and there's no conversation happening there. So pick the time and the place for approaching your partner. Say you can give this important conversation the time it takes. And so you'll have to slow it down. Plan enough time and slow it all down. You've got to be calm and relaxed so you can slow it down. So if you've noticed, I'm actually saying two things here. Not only do you have to plan the time when you can give it the presence to be able to resolve it, but you also have to have the intention of slowing it down and making it safe so it's not a rush thing. So it's a double whammy here for you. The other point that I want to make is about getting angry. This has got to be your intention. You've got to avoid getting angry. You do need to put on your best calm manner because they're trying to avoid conflict and your ag anger signals your disapproval of them. And I don't know anyone who likes the disapproval. No one wants to be disapproved of. Anger is just going to push them back into their hole and back into themselves and they won't open up and talk to you. So now, look, let's assume you can achieve all of these things. You can slow down. You can plan enough time. You already have an understanding of their intent and that they're a good person. And you know how to calm yourself so that you don't get angry. And so now we can start with a few little tidbits from my couples therapy practice that people have told me have worked for them. Here's what happens. Here's some practices to draw them out. Firstly, we already know asking open-ended questions is the best way to engage with someone in a conversation. An open-ended question can't be answered with a yes or no. It's not even a grunt, really. It's a question that begins with who, what, when, where, or how. So how, how do you feel right now? Or who were you talking to this morning? Or what is it that's bothering you? Or when this happens, what do you feel? So your open-ended questions are going to open up topics for discussion and make sure that your non-verbal communication is also the same. It matches, it's aligned. All of that is about asking for a response. That's what open-ended is all about. It's asking for a response, asking for engagement. Now, sometimes people use a harsh tone or have an aggressive manner in their posture and that reinforces the other person shutting down. So be aware your whole manner has to be open, just like the question that comes out of your mouth has to be open, open-ended questions. Also, your nonverbal communication has to be open. So you've got to look and sound like you're about to get an answer. It's invitational, it's welcoming, and you're ready to receive it, and you want the answer, and you're willing to engage in the gentlest way possible. Another good little tip that my couples use is using humour. Oh my gosh, that works really well if you can pull it off. Lightness and humour are excellent in this sort of scenario. It's your best ally, as a matter of fact. If you can cultivate humour and bring a bit of lightness into the conversation, you're doing really well. Even a little humour can go a long way. It requires an attitude from you, but it's got to be a genuine attitude to be able and willing to lighten up the mood a little, a little bit, and take a little guess at what's going on for them. Now, you will need to know your partner well and to assess what state they're in because they've got to be able to accept the humour uh, because you don't want to add fuel to a fire. So make sure you do an assessment right there to make sure it's the right time and the right tone. Try making 
humorous or absurd or even exaggerated or possibly even impossible guesses. Guesses? What do you mean, guesses? Okay, you're guessing as to the cause of their silence and you're doing it with humour. If you can pull it off and you've got the personality to do one, it works like magic and you might just crack their armour and so they can come towards you with a response. If that doesn't work, just you're just going to guess. You don't have to do the humour. You're just going to get guess. Even if you get nothing back from your partner who's completely withdrawn and shut down and says nothing and you've asked open-ended questions and you're still getting a grunt, then try putting yourself in their shoes. Now, that requires a bit of empathy and thinking back over what happened and then just comment on the things that have occurred and what they might be feeling. So there's a bit, bit of kind of thinking out loud guesswork happening here. You just start talking out loud and start guessing as to why they may be upset. Now, be careful. It does require a lightness again, a lightness in attitude, because guessing through gritted teeth just won't work. <laughs> so you just go through what happened in the morning or before you noticed they were upset and you go through it in your mind and you do it out loud and you're guessing, oh, that's what's what. Is that, I wonder why that, you know, is that the thing that's upsetting you? I wonder why that would be the, the hurtful thing. It can't be that one. It must be that one. So it's really just a humorous way of engaging. And when couples do that, they tell me it works beautifully. But, you know, you've got to have the right dynamic for this sort of thing to occur. It's not an accusation. It's lightness and it's humor. And what we're trying to do is get the person who's shut down, who's saying nothing's wrong, who's not talking to you, just to engage in a conversation so we can move on and do some healing work. So you're talking out loud or rattling off possibilities that could be plausible or maybe even far out. <laughs> it doesn't really matter whether you get it right or not. You might not get it, but you're trying to work it out and that's what matters. And your partner will notice that that you're trying to connect, you're taking a step towards them and trying to engage. What is it that's caused the problem between you? Why are they upset? What is the reason for the stony silence? Your partner may just join you. They may even be touched by your efforts to try and work out what's going on. They may start engaging and talking, especially if they notice that you're genuinely trying to sort it all out. Now, if you don't get anything back, you might just find that they will open up later. So give it time. Now, don't be disheartened. At least you've shown your goodwill and effort in trying to understand and come closer to your partner. There is no guaranteed way of anything. It really depends on the dynamic between you and the circumstances and the fight and the reasons and a whole lot of many, many factors. My hope here is that you get some little tidbits that you can start playing around with, working with, to see if you can draw your partner out when they go into that stony silence. What I don't want is for you to match stony silence with a similar silence because nothing's going to get resolved. Drawing out your partner in a conversation can happen, and it can happen even in the moment when you start sensing their withdrawal. Or it can happen a bit later when you've thought about getting yourself into a calm state and having lots of time to do this. Try and engage with the person who's withdrawn and not wanting to talk by making it safe, calm and light. <laughs> it does require you to cultivate the attitude of calmness 
making time and avoiding anger and injecting humor. If all your efforts come to nothing, remember that in the end, the two of you need to want to engage in a conversation to be able to resolve conflict. It's not a solo journey, but it is worth trying to mend the hurt. If you need help with this, reach out to me through my website, altarofcare.com.au. Thanks for listening to the Peace and Passion podcast. If you'd like to stay in contact, make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Now, if you like something here or if something resonated with you, I'd love your encouragement to keep this going. You can do that with a review, a like or a share, or just by telling someone that you think will benefit from hearing this podcast. Take good care now.